0: Niños. Buenos días y buenas noches, wherever you're listening to this, I'm Nunu Perez. And I'm Raffi. And this is Wait, Wait don't, don't Do It, it. the show will we tell you to... Wait! Don't turn us off. This is our first episode. Because it's
1: the first episode. And just give us a chance. You're going to have a great next 30 minutes of your life.
0: Guaranteed. Or your money back. This is so exciting. I'm so here with this. Yeah, I can't believe we're finally doing this podcast. This is, our third, this is our third time. This is our third time. This is our third to do time. time. Let's be very transparent with our listeners.
1: <laughs> is, I want them to know we're human,
0: we're trying our best. But it's hard to start a new project. Shout it out to is. the people that are sticking to their New Year's resolutions because, girl... Girl, I literally wanted to quit on this podcast three times. <laughs> so I was like, God, <laughs> we already an Instagram account. We have to do it, though. But we're going to do it, and we're here, and we're finally here because we want our voices to be heard. And we told ourselves, wait, just start this podcast. Because we're two gorgeous, queer people of color living in the city, Washington, D.C. The our heart of America, <laughs> the heart of america <laughs> and it needs a bypass
1: girl but that's coming next year right the, i don't think so let's not get into that though
0: let's or, get or, or that. let's get into
1: it actually we should get into it because of today's topic what is it i, I called you about this topic because i was very emotional Emotional? Yes. After you sent me a Instagram post that really triggered me and just <laughs> really wanted me to bring this topic up. Let's talk about our
0: triggers. Uh, Caucasian. Good kind of Caucasians. Caucasian. Um,
1: Caucasians, <laughs> white caucasity, white uh, mediocrity. White uh,
0: supremacy. White
1: supremacy is up there. White but, tears. Um, no, what, uh, what really triggered me today was... I get really—wait, don't do it. I think what we're talking about, what what the purpose of this podcast is, is to just get our narrative out there. I don't believe, uh, like you said, brown, sexy, LGBTQ, queer people's narratives are out there right now. If
0: it is a queer uh, narrative, it's usually white. Exactly, exactly. And— um... Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> are you are, Am I doing this podcast by myself, dude?
0: <laughs> <Come on. laughs> no, I really I really um just agree with that because I was I was walking downtown uh, this morning actually. past uh-huh. Ulta, past Ulta. Um you know the new ads out and it's always the same format. It's gay woman woman, but it's always white gay. White gay and James. Black Star- woman yeah. and older white woman. So they always try to like throw the diversity in there, but it's really just like the same wait,
1: I mean I mean, luckily, we have, what, Berman Rock?
0: Uh, and, like, you brought up... Patrick Starr. Patrick Starr. Jackie Aina. S-
1: but, again, but, again, black is very limited in the beauty community. As far as... Shout out
0: to Renty Renty Fit Girl, Renty Because oh, coming girl. up. That's why, girl. <laughs>
1: Us, girl, I'm gonna go to New York this weekend. Let me, gonna, let me get you some renty from Chinatown.
0: Girl, pay my renty, anyway. <laughs> pay my renty. Come to this uh, date. <laughs> pay,
1: pay, pay my renty.
0: <laughs> pay her
1: renty, girl. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. I'm so proud of us right now. This is going so well. Let's keep this up. <laughs> um, no, but uh, back to back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Oh um, I do feel as though, like, I think we need to start addressing the defaultness in America and the fact that whiteness is the defaultness. We say straight people, but usually we mean white straight people when they, when they do things. Um, we, used to, we say gay men uh, or the gays do this. Like the gays are standing this uh, skinny twink in the underwear Cal, No wait Shawn Mendes Shawn Mendes Ooh, Girl Mendes. White gays are obsessed with him I'm not obsessed with him I don't know who she is Exactly And I think We need to start um, intersectionalizing the gay community Because right now Our narratives are only white And um, So You sent me <laughs> You sent me um, A post Made by somebody I forgot who it was And he This white gay uh-huh. Uh Was complaining about uh, Straight Heteronormative People at bars
0: and however, however, it seems that um, Caucasians, white people, not people that happen to be white, but white people um, invade every space. Factually. They forget <laughs> you know I mean? that
1: they have that inherent belief that everything is theirs. They have the right to possess. Um, and i i that drives me crazy because i've never walked in i've always had to
0: think about my race when i walk into a space exactly you always go into the space to see how many people of color, color are there and
1: then and then that usually tells you how far you can act
0: it right. <laughs> tells you your level of safety and how you know your range yes but if it's a
1: you just I, like I said I I really hope that when this podcast is like I said it's it's definitely to tell um, people like us especially younger people like us that like, girl your feelings are real they're valid and just understand that it's it's a limitation but not a, a limit you right right it's not a it's a boundary but not a limit that's what we should say
0: going to explain it out here let me explain it. Um. Um, you know, for for the world at large, because you're you're a counselor. Exactly. So she's a smart girl. I she got two
1: degrees, <laughs> three degrees,
0: if you count the high school, high school diploma. Uh, to break it down in layman's terms, you know, in Hamilton,
1: oh my God.
0: <laughs> uh, the musical, uh, they really talk about who lives, who dies, who tells your story, and not only do we. A lot of times think we don't have the control to share our narratives because we think it's uh, devalued. We don't see it in the media. We don't feel like people really care. It's really important um, to, uh, to craft your own narrative because uh, regardless, after this uh, existence, this life is over— you have no impact on how people will see you. Um, so, if you really, your job, especially uh, for people our age, us millennials, uh, to really craft our narratives, thanks to such platforms as social media and uh, the ways technologies allowed us to connect around the world. Absolutely. But surprisingly, it's gotten worse. It's gotten more racist. It's gotten it's got, more. <laughs> no, I
1: think it's it's not more racist. It's always been racist. Like That's I, true. I I think I was talking to Dallas yesterday, my best friend from North Carolina, and he was talking about was Texas. Oh, he's adorable and fun. Um I saw that shit, though, but I'm not going to acknowledge that shit. I might actually edit that <laughs> shit <shade> out. Because <laughs> you are doing it. <laughs> you hear that, Dallas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was talking about... He actually said the same thing. He said racism is getting worse. It's, it's that the world is intense. The world's always been intense. I mean, like I said, I'd rather be at this time than at the 50s. But I do feel as though... What it is, is that social media has made it so much more transparent and everyone thinks they have like this amazing opinion that needs to be said. And like I said, white people have that inherent belief that everyone wants to hear what they have to say. They so that's where that's where the juxtaposition is. I think that people of color have been told to shut up of other emotions. That's why you don't hear about our narratives as much. But I think that white people have always had that room, that platform to be mediocre and say whatever they want instead of saying instead of listening. I think we're the active we're the active listeners. They're the active storytellers. And I think that's where I think that's where we're at the point is. People of color are realizing no, it doesn't have to be that way. And we have to, like you said, we have to craft our own narratives. I really
0: like, I really like how you said that, right? And I really think. Uh, I remember Bob the Drag Queen said that you know all white people are are racist because of our society, because all these stories, all the media, um, all the information they receive since birth tells them that they are better, they are um, their stories are valued, and so it's really. And when I say like all white people are racist, this is not accusing. Yeah. Uh, people of racism and just really recognizing um the systematic oppression that we've seen in our society um since really the birth of this nation. Well, white people have such a limited uh mind frame when it comes to racism.
1: When they think racism, they actually freaking think of the N word. Facts. Or black and white. They right. Don't think they think about, of just being like They don't think about the iceberg. Forwards. They don't think they don't think of the iceberg. Don't they say the icebergs are only like above water and then the rest is like underwater that's literally what racism is and that's racism is a titan and you will sink your own ship white people if you keep (laughs) doing this shit white bias is so freaking real and it's hard to believe that white people don't acknowledge it white people don't acknowledge
0: or not again People that happen to be white tend to acknowledge, right? I mean, Aseel said that. that. That's true, and really, what happens is it, it makes even more. It's a more makes more of an oppressive environment because people of color, minorities, marginalized groups, then have to uh, educate and try uh-huh. to uh, do more work for those uh, people who are white that they care about and they yeah. love. Um, but you know, the research shows that's still a burden. Should we? Have been disenfranchised forever. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> have to now educate, uh, you know, descendants of former oppressors or current oppressors. Uh, now, it's really about them using their um, own privilege, their own getting educated, and re- and really valuing diversity um, to enact change for all of us. It's really Absolutely. upon them at this point.
1: And it's up to the, like something. For example, like something I clearly noticed. Um, especially with this whole Jesse Smollett situation. Jesse Smollett. Um, girl. Uh, messy, it's a messy situation. However, I want to clarify something. Do I think, if he is, I don't know if he's lying or telling the truth at this point because I saw some new stuff today that is like, supporting that he might actually... But be regardless,
0: it's still, those things do still happen.
1: It does still happen, but what I'm trying to say is people, I, I the reason why I'm bringing this up is I was told by somebody uh, at work that if he he is... This is a, a gay, older, white man. Um, was like, if he is lying, oh my God, he should just, like, get the death penalty for this. Like, this is bad. And, like, yeah, that like he should be killed. He actually
0: said that, factually. You know she should the death penalty? Slate on it.
1: Yeah, factually. So, <laughs> like... Is that the just it's so the, weird. that's so it's so weird to assume that because if, if he were to be lying that, Girl, that was the whole administration was like, yeah. should be
0: fucking hanged then
1: because <laughs> you know, don't that's and that's exactly what I said that's, well, I said why why are we holding this person to such a uh, a terminal standard when our white mediocre president is like fucking the world has lied factually about every single platform that he went upon uh, besides racism. He has pro The only thing he's promised is continue in the narrative that brown people are dangerous and y'all need to be safe and
0: go back to the fifties. That's the only thing he's holding. So Build a wall, even though the research shows immigration is really for expired visas like his wife. But it's whatever. <laughs> and
1: also, what Jesse Smollett did, yes, it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's very unfortunate and it. But y'all lie all the time. Y'all lie. <laughs> it just shows how limited um, the point, the scope of our narrative is. That if if he's lying, then punish him. It's never, he's lying because of this, because of this, or we're, for, we're, for, we're forced to understand white people when they mess up. But when...
0: A brown person mess up. We're holding such a standard that is... Right. They, they, they represent all <laughs> black people or yes. all people of color. Um, when they're just an individual, like, yeah, there's going to be all people, all societies, all humans will make mistakes Absolutely. eventually. But it's really about supporting and uplifting people and still recognizing that in this specific case, even okay. if he is lying, these things do happen every day. People are still getting shot unfairly. People still still getting—trans uh, women, trans women of color are still getting beaten and killed. Um, perspective also influences uh, minorities as well. You know, Working with students, working with kids, you can still clearly see—and I work in an all-black school— I still clearly see uh, that they hold uh, those white biases themselves and still view uh, certain things as ghetto or as ratchet or as lesser— or uh, they strive for more of a white ideal, like it's okay, I'm just like them, you know, to kind of prove to themselves that they're just the same and i and I really think it's important to educate our our children and our youth as well, for both of us, uh growing up in North Carolina, we definitely. Are uh, victimized by that that white standard, you know, girl.
1: That white. Honestly, I look back at my how my life went, and in New York, in New York, I really held. I was more proud of my uh, Latino roots, and I was very uh, proud of where I came from. And I um, was around, I had multiple people of color, and I was. I I remember watching like De *La Novelas with my mom. Still at that time. Uh, fast forward to when I moved to North Carolina, when I was asked every single day almost for an entire year,
0: where are you from? That's where I realized that I was... That happens so much in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You see a lot. First of all, if you're in North Carolina, they assume you're Mexican. Mexican.
1: They're asking you where you're from just
0: to assume that you're Mexican. They assume everyone's Mexican. And then they're like, where are you, like, really from? Even if you are born here. It's so... Crazy,
1: And so that's where a lot of my self-esteem issues came from once I moved to another car. I started uh, uh, shaming my dad for taking a shot because I said he looked too Mexican. And I used to lie and say I was half white because I was American because I associated American with whiteness. And I just wanted that because I wanted the questions to stop. And you have to understand what that does to a person's self-esteem. And if you're a white person listening to this, and I hope this. Take, you take the time to realize you've never had to deal with this. But this is a real thing that multiple people of color go through. Every single person of color that has ever been
0: in a white, predominantly white space goes through this. No, that's true. Um, but as a person of color growing up in North Carolina, I was in all black spaces. And I, I did feel that need to rebel and try to find... Diversity, which is really just like white, <laughs> yes. faces. And um, but where did was that coming? Was that coming from the shows you were watching? Was that it was from- coming from just a lot of uh, rejection of I think being queer within my own culture and community, Ooh. which we do still see absolutely, and in a lot of cultures, not just uh, black, yeah. Latino, Latino. I mean, we see it in a lot of cultures, but for some reason, we see the white culture is being more freeing or something. Um, so we strive for that. And then we fall in love with these white, these mediocre white men, these white gays. And I'm not caring about you. Uh, who really fetishize you, who may not care about you. And there are, again, great people out there. I have so many friends. <laughs> we have white <more> friends, y'all. <laughs> we really do that, that. That we love and care about. Uh, but I definitely think that something I've had to educate my friends on is that yeah, for people of color. Um, we have that ideal because what we're told, queer people of color think white, gay is the ideal. Yeah. Um, so that is what we strive for. It, it becomes a status symbol. Yeah. Um, the idea of an interracial couple. Girl, uh, you're, you're bringing white you, woman to. Right. Uh, yeah. you, you become, you've made it in some regards. It's, it makes you feel valid. It, means it makes you feel just as good. You know, for me growing up, um, a person I was involved with for a number of years um, which was a lot of just emotional abuse, uh, but you know when he said to me like you're the only black guy I would date, I thought that was like a compliment. That was a con- and, and uh, yeah. that's so crazy because <laughs> not only is it just racist, <laughs> it's flat out racist and ignorant. Um, I I, I really wonder why I thought that was okay, and why I thought that was what I wanted to to be with. Because ultimately, the
1: white narrative, I think we take on that identity. I think we want to take that identity, because it involves a lack of issue, a lack of stress, a lack of, like I said, obviously, It makes you feel like
0: things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay, yeah. Absolutely. It's without struggle. Yeah. I think that's really where it is. And we all want that privilege. We all want to be able to say we conquered a colonizer or something. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: gross Jesus gross Uh, but I guess what this ultimately brings us to in this episode is like I
0: guess the message is wait don't what subscribe to the white narrative or wait don't just believe what you say question around you question your role question your role in life society society. absolutely don't
1: ever accept a minimal place in someone else's narrative don't don't automatically take on that role of a white person's needs and wants and feelings and then they never asked you on how you're doing or uh Who you're talking to, or how's your family life? If you your white friends don't ask you about your family, then that's an issue. And I knew so many friends like that that never cared past my personality, past the fun. Or they won't introduce you to their parents. Oh, girl, even that—you don't get brought home. That's not that. Those are clear lines. uh, Like my, those are boundaries that I cannot like call you family with does that make sense like right. i cannot call you a friend if those limitations are there and i've had to cut off several people especially post-trump america and so i want like i said i think for the longest time my insecurities came from the lack of amanda seals out there um bob the drag queens monet exchanges although i think recently we were talking about that
0: is that recently i've, I've taken, seen a lot more uh Voices of diversity that have inspired us and that, you know, really tell our story. Absolutely. Um, But we also want to drive home that we're not blaming... Uh, white people solely because a lot of minorities uphold white supremacy you're also assuming that white people have kept listening because <laughs> they probably turned us off after that white sh- <laughs> yeah. But still, i still want other uh minorities to know asian latina yes, whatever absolutely uh you can still uphold white supremacy in your life and it can affect others if you are a queer person of color living in a city like D.C. or wherever, and you only have white gay friends. Why? (laughs) And and, and I say that in a real way. Is it because that's all that's around? Mm -hmm. Is it because you feel better just like them? Why not have a diverse friend group? I'm not saying you need to be with only people that look like you, but I think it's really telling for anyone. If you go to their social media, their Facebook, their Instagram, and it's only the same type of people and that means they don't value diversity. They don't value learning about the world around them. And they're okay with their bubble. And they're really not challenging themselves. And in this day and age, you got to be with some higher order thinking people, people that self-reflect, people that are emotionally intelligent, people that care not only about themselves, but the world around them. That's real. I I'm, I'm recently gone back to Tinder just to check it out.
1: Because uh, I've been interested been in dating again, like first dates again. I I've recently took a break from dating. But, you know, shout out out there to any single man, preferably of color, because, again, white people be trying it with me and I can't take it anymore. Um, I am trying to open up my space because I look back at my dating repertoire and I've only dated white men. And so, um, you know, that's something I had to self like and be like, no, I need to definitely... Um, I, I need to challenge. I need to challenge that because I. I remember, like again, we were talking back to what you were talking about. I definitely thought of my white boyfriends as like a status symbol. Right. That's a fact. That is a fact, and that's um, something that I don't want to jump into again. And also, I think that, like I said. What I've been hit with recently Especially amongst white people And especially white gays at DC Is the fetishization is real Right They love They call me Heypa Or heypapi And that just That's not cute uh, They they speak to me in Spanish Knowing I speak full English And By the way I only want to speak Spanish To people that Speak Spanish That are like me Who that don't we, know like two words And that also like Remind me of home And right, like, I watch people the explore too Girl Girl, but You <Spanish>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Those things need to stop, white people. So if you if you're a white man that wants to jump in these panties, that's
0: a, mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely a, a, a unless you got your degree in Spanish and you know, you've been abroad, you've been in the culture. And, you know? and you, but you have to have a full conversation with me in Spanish. But then again, I don't like
1: speaking Spanish with white people, and I'm, I'm sorry, that's a fact. I don't. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. It
0: really does. It does make me feel very uncomfortable. You know, I have no problem speaking Ebonics to white
1: people. No, my turning
0: her off, dude? <laughs> Hooked on Ebonics. Because <laughs> it is what it is, and I said what I said.
1: <laughs> no, I, uh, I. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes. Uh, I don't like it. I, I, I think it's very triggering. From when uh, t- the, my 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 mom was babysitting this white child. And he would just talk to her in Spanish, but in a very demeaning way. Very demeaning way. And I noticed that as a kid. Oh, wow. And I just, I don't like it. So, just another point, heads up. If you're a white person, just speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also something I've up on Twitter, factually, is that, like, it's so much harder. I'm, now that I'm being self-reflective on all these things, it's so much harder to find dates with people because, again, the the brown people that I want to go on a date with. So end up, true. And want want to be white with white guys. And... Um, they haven't hit the emotional intelligence that I've hit. And then the white guys that uh, that I do swipe right on end up starting a weird conversation with me that is not natural. So it's a very hard place to be in. But I, that's why, like I said, we're starting this podcast to get that narrative out. And I
0: hope you guys really enjoyed that message. Um, you know, I, and yeah, thank you for sharing, Rafi, because as a person who's not single— Um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nunu loves to talk about her man, girl Yes, she is taken, girl She's off the market To a Nubian (laughs) prince
0: (laughs) Shout out to Nubian prince (laughs) No, but really, really, really What we want to impress upon everyone Is really just to The least you can do Is that first step of self-awareness um, what is my role in society? Am I holding a bias um towards whiteness? Am I upholding white supremacy? Am I supporting um all of my friends and am I valuing diversity? Do I want that in my workplace? Do I advocate for that in mm-hmm. my whole life and in my workplace? Are we having conversations with our relatives who may not be Absolutely. so educated about mm-hmm. uh you know the world around us? Mm-hmm. What are we doing to make this a better place? Perfect. Wait, just do that. Wait, don't be complacent. Okay. <laughs> so I think that wraps up this episode. It does. It does. Uh, Our very first episode of Wait, Don't Do It, I, the podcast. Think, Thank you so, 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 so much for listening, guys. Um, <laughs> we are just to again... Young queer people, of color, living in the city, with an opinion, um, trying to make the world a better place—the only way we know how, which is right now, our voice. Um, so again, thank you for your support. But that wraps up this episode. My name is Rafi, and I'm New New Paris, and this has been Wait, Wait Don't, Don't Do, Do it. it, telling you to hopefully listen again next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. One, one, one. you all so much for listening this is the end of our first episode we really want to thank the lothario for an amazing theme song and we want to thank you for listening be sure to subscribe and follow us on instagram at wait don't do it podcast we'll see you next time y'all